Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Monday, January 15th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day, and uh, we hope you had a wonderful weekend. We know we were chatting before uh, the show today, and we both agree we had good weekends. We hope you did, too. I know you had a good one, Tom. You were telling me about uh, you know the great uh, get-together you guys had. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really nice getting together with my brother and his wife and a couple of really good friends and uh, going for a long walk in the mountains. That felt fantastic. It was uh, pretty warm. It was pretty nice up there. <laughs> no snow, no snow where we are, but um, a little unusual. Gorgeous, but, uh, just... but it's nice to be able to get out no matter what. So that that's the good news that happened there. Um, any wins lately? We should, we should talk about yeah, wins before well, we do anything. Last time we were. Um, talking on Friday about how I was going to give this speech to my Toastmasters oh, right. group, yeah, and I, I had decided to do it impromptu rather than do what Toastmasters expects, which is you prepare a speech, you right. literally write it out, divide it into parts, memorize it, and then you give it from that memorized place, basically, and uh, I decided I just wanted to have some kind of theme, but then I would just get up there and talk, mm-hmm. and um I had done that Tuesday at another type of speech meeting with five people, and but this is with more like 25 people. And um, so better. some part of me was really much more nervous, and I thought it was going to be a lot harder for some reason. But I kept saying, no, that's not true. It can be completely spontaneous and wonderful. So I I wanted my inner being to speak through me. I wanted you know it to come from my vortex place of confidence, you know, of just complete confidence. And so I got up there. And I told a little story that I decided to use to start my speech so it would follow this theme, um, which was the theme of that we come into this life to learn to express ourselves, you know, who our unique being is. And it turned out that that about, I would say, 80% of what I did up there was exactly what I wanted to do, but about 20% of it was a little bit hesitant. You know, there was there wasn't the full on confidence that I wanted to have, but it was eighty percent of it was. You know, I was just really on a roll. And then afterwards a whole lot of people said they really, really liked it. And I had um four people in their twenties or thirties come up to me who wanna wanna contact me and they want to work with me. Wow. In some capacity because they were so impressed with what I had to say, they they saw me as you know sort of a mentor, Fantastic. and they wanted. They said you know they were really wanted to talk with me. It was really great. That's and great. so I got an idea of you know a whole other way that I can have an income stream from one of the women who makes a couple thousand dollars a month on Facebook Live and. Just I don't know. The whole thing was just felt fantastic. You know, it was just like being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, coming from the place I need to come from. Um, and it really encouraged me to just go deeper into channeling through me what my unique self-expression is instead of feeling like I have to write it out and memorize it. And, you know, Absolutely. I don't like that can't that canned approach. Yeah, no, I don't either. I understand what you mean. And, and uh, by the way, good on you for going ahead with your plan, even though you felt nervous about it. And it came through with wild flying colors. I mean, holy cow, that's a terrific result. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. How about you? Did you did you have an awesome win? Uh, let's see. Well, we've had a few wins a, a for win the team. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we've had some team wins for the podcast on Saturday. 
we reached our 15,000th play since I began officially monitoring them in November 2016. Uh, and that wow. was a month where we had far less than 100, and, and we've been having about the same number for the previous four years. So, I mean, it's been wow. a major, major increase over the last year or so. And uh, yeah, You were we just at 100 in 2017, and now you're at 15. No, well, we were getting about, you said. In, in November 2016, we were averaging under 100 plays per month. So over the course of four uh-huh. years, we'd had you know, maybe three or 4,000 plays if we're lucky. And then since November 2016, we're at 15,000 plays in that period of time. So it's been really accelerating. 15,000. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really wow. growing. So that's one way. That's really huge change. Oh yeah, it's gigantic. And, and I mean, you've seen the graph that I put together. Our listeners can't see it, but I, I share it with our co-hosts, um, every month usually. And the graph just points straight up. It shows that, you know, our, mm, our increases yeah, are just pointing straight that. up. Yeah, it's just amazing. So that's really good. Plus the project of uh, putting the book out that we're all co-writing together, um, which I'm telling readers about now, listeners about now, so they'll be, uh, uh, aware of it before it happens. You know, you, one, of the, one of the benefits of being a listener to All the Way Today is you get to find out about things like this before they happen. And uh, th- this particular book is going to be a collection of stories, real-life stories, from the experiences of the authors, most of whom are life coaches, about how the Law of Attraction manifested some really cool stuff in their lives. And uh, we already have 26 people who are going to be co-authors. The goal is still to reach 50, and, and I set a very, very aggressive goal of trying to get to 50 within like a week, which was probably a little too mm-hmm. aggressive. But we're going to get there, and mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty quick, yeah. I think. And then once we've got yeah, it, man, we're going to put this great. book together. Um, and Wendy, Wendy Dillard, who does the afternoon show with me, um, sent me her story today, and uh, I, oh. I've, I've written back to her asking for permission to share it with all the other co-authors because let me tell you, Tom, this is one heck of a story. This is a story that people will read. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like reading a bestseller because you get this, uh, this, this problem they're trying to solve, and then um, they're, they're solving the problem, and then all of a sudden it just falls off the table and everything just falls apart, but another thing happens and they're riding that high and that falls off the table and there's another thing that happens and that falls off the table uh-huh. and finally they get the <laughs> best possible result they could imagine. I mean, it's a it's a really, really good story. I mean, how she got that into less than 10 pages, I'm not sure, but she did. And, uh, yeah. She's going to be a good writer. She's a very good writer, yeah. I, I didn't realize I she was that good. I knew she was good, but I didn't know she was that good. So I was really pleased to see it. So, yeah, lots wow. of good things happening right now. It's, it's exciting. It's an exciting that time. That is exciting. Yeah. And yeah. now is the only time that it can be exciting anyway when you think about it. I mean, our topic today is about, you know, it's about the now. It's about living in the now. And and it's kind of a funny topic in one sense because you really can't live anywhere else. <laughs> it's not That's possible right. to right. live in the future. It's not possible to live in the past. You can only live now. I mean, you, <laughs> you can project, you can imagine, and that's all good to do, particularly when you're trying to deliberately attract. But you can only live in the now. The now is all we have. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that's where the that's where the little trick is of living in the now is that it's not about linear time. Um, the now is about our relationship to our vortex, and um, that's what I came to realize. I really kind of dug into this over the weekend and 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 read a whole bunch or listened to a whole bunch of Abraham things about living in the moment, and and they do talk about you know about how you can't. Um, you know, you can't carry around stuff that you were into years ago um, that doesn't, you know, that and then 
you know, just like we were talking about clutter, this is the one aspect of the now. The time aspect of it, in a sense, you could say, is that, you know, like if we're, like I'm, I'm right now looking at maybe, you know, 300 books that I have out here in front of me, I mean, on different bookcases, and, and um, oh, maybe it's not 300, maybe it's only 100, actually. But um, still, <laughs> they all represent some idea about myself that I've been, you know, into at some point. And Abraham was just saying how, you know, the stuff that you're into years ago doesn't even begin to reflect who you are now. Um, and But sometimes we're carrying these things around, and what they do not only the things, the books and the files and the things about who we think we are and who we think we want to be, but then there's the beliefs, of course, that's associated with all that. And that what it prevents us from is be, being in the, in, the more, in the clearer, more adventurous, um, more satisfying path that, that we're capable of, you know, and, but this past does, the past stuff doesn't even begin to reflect the fact of who we've become. And, um, so I, you know, there's that there's that linear aspect, but then the real thing is because who we really are in this moment is what's in our vortex, and so this moment becomes always about how accurately are we, or how much are we reflecting what's in our vortex in the way that we're believing and the way we're acting, and the, the choices we're making in this moment. Yeah, that's um, true. Are we are we tapping into that rich, rich, incredibly beautiful being that we are on the vortex level of our source self? So that's Absolutely. all living in the moment. Oh yeah, comes down to. And, and and it's true that we can try to live in the past. It doesn't work, but we can try to. And interestingly enough, those of us who do end up living in the past, you don't hear too many people living in the past who are living there because they loved it so much. <laughs> if you notice that yeah. people who live in the yeah, past, they're right. always, it's always about something really bad. It's about something yeah. you know, just terrible. And they continue to live yeah. there, which is kind of ironic when you think about it. On the other hand, you can understand how it happens because when there's something traumatic, the trauma tends to stick with you. That's part of the way the human psychology yeah. works. But, right. um, but the fact is that uh, many people do end up living in the past. That's where a lot of people feel stuck. That's where the stuckness comes from very often, just trying to live in the past. It reminds me of a story that Joel Elston, who does the Thursday morning show with me, um, a story that he once told about a client who came into his office. Joel is a uh, psychotherapist who, of course, incorporates the law of attraction in his practice. And he often gets a lot of cases from passed along by other therapists, cases where... You know, they've been working with him for a long period of time, maybe even years, and, and the, the client just isn't getting any better, or maybe they're even getting worse, or you know, everybody's mm-hmm. kind of throwing up their hands. They don't know what to do with them. So this was one of those, and uh, this, this young woman walks into his office, sits down, and from the moment she starts to talk, every single sentence practically that she says talks about how her ex-boyfriend who dumped her two years ago caused X to happen. And then Y, yeah. and then Z, yeah. and then A prime, yeah. I mean, it's just this long list of all these things that happened because she got dumped two years ago. And yeah. Yeah. Joel said he listened for some period of time. I don't remember exactly what the period of time was five, ten minutes, something like that, fifteen minutes. And he said he started counting after a while. And when he got to forty-five mentions, he decided at that mm-hmm. point it was probably a good time to stop her. So he says, mm-hmm. "Do you realize that?" 
everything in your life you're blaming on this boyfriend who left you two years ago, and as a result, you you've basically made yourself stuck, and you you because of that you can't figure a way out, and all you really have to do is just change your focus. Uh-huh. And she jumped up. She was steaming mad, absolutely furious that he had called her on this stuff, and stormed uh-huh. out of the office. And he said to himself, well, there goes that client. <laughs> I'll never see her again. <laughs> but to his surprise, yeah. to his surprise, the next day he got a phone call from her. And she mm-hmm. called up and, and essentially said, I'm sorry I stormed out yesterday. You really made me angry. I felt so furious at you. But then I went home and I thought about it for a bit and I realized you were right. Mm-hmm. So I'd really like to talk yeah. about it some more. And he realized he had a breakthrough oh. at that point. So brought her back into the office, and they had more conversation. Long story short, he ended up recommending to her, I mean, her life had been so miserable, one bad thing after another, nothing was going right, there was nothing joyful, nothing at all. So he just said, do you have any friends you're still in touch with who are relatively healthy, who you get along with, you just haven't maybe talked in a while? And she said, yeah. And he says, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to contact them today, and I want you to say, Something like, you know, I haven't been out and had a really good time in a long time, like a long, long time. Would you go out with me? Let, let's just go paint the town. And it was a Friday, so, you know, a Friday night, appropriate time to go out, right? So she agreed mm-hmm. to do that. The next day, he gets a phone call from her. And in that phone mm-hmm. call, she says, I just wanted you to know I did take your advice. I went out last night, and I had the best time I've had in years. Mm-hmm. All because she had let go of all that crap about this ex-boyfriend, who was probably the most powerful ex-boyfriend in history because he was still controlling her two years after breaking up with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. But, but she let go of him, and all of a sudden her life cleared, which shows not only can you not really live in the past, not only is the, the now the only time when you can live, but it's a good policy to do so. <laughs> it's actually better for your life when you do so, you know? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. For our health, for everything. You know, it, we think, like like when I gave that speech, it, I realized that the whole thing was just about me having faith in my Vortex version of me. In other words, what did I think was really capable of coming through me? What did I really believe could come through me? From my higher self, from who I really am. So that's my vortex version of me. You know, in other words, <laughs> there's this thing I always, I always notice how shaman. You know, I studied shamanism for quite a while, and I noticed how shaman from so many cultures wear these amazing head, head, um, what headgear. You know, like, mm-hmm. like if you look at some shaman from the rainforest, they, their their headgear that they're wearing is sticking out like three feet from their head with these beautiful, you know, um, ornate things from the, from the rainforest, you know, maybe feathers of macaws and beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I realized when I was thinking about this whole thing about the fact that living in the moment is being present with what's in our vortex and the shaman represents someone who's, that's almost like you could say their aura, but it's like the vortex. It's the the fact that the who we really are is this incredibly powerful, beautiful being because of everything we put into our vortex. Um, they have this thing in Guatemala where I worked with this one shaman who was who was um, a shaman in a village in Guatemala for about eighteen years or something, and he said that the history of that village 
in in throughout South America, I guess, is that with the Mayans is when they when they reach a certain milestone in their development as a human being, they get a particular item of clothing that's given to them by the vi- the, vi- the village elders, and that item of clothing when they wear that, everyone knows that they've reached a certain level of understanding about their life. In other words, they're more mature in knowing their vortex and who they really are, that vortex version of themselves. Because in our vortex, we've been putting everything that's made us who we are. And so it's becoming this beautiful thing. And by the time they're in their 60s and 70s, they're wearing, he said, up to 25 different items of clothing that they come to these big uh, sacred ceremonies wearing, and they just look gorgeous. You know, he said they're, they're every woman, every man is just, you know, with these beautiful scarves and these beautiful, you know, different layers of clothing they're wearing that say to everybody, this person is really a gorgeous human being for all that they've contributed to the village and all that they've realized about their own life and who they are. And I thought that's so amazing, you know, that they have that understanding that as we as we mature as we live this life we are acquiring this beauty about us and so living in the living in the present living in the present moment means how much are you letting out how much am i letting come through me the beauty that i have accumulated from all these years of living and and that's what living in the present moment you know, and of course, a, a young child is doing the same thing, you know, and they're also letting out that incredible beauty of who they are. But yeah. I mean, it just seems so cool what life is. You know, it's it's not difficult if we let ourselves be truly happy and let come through us all this beauty. I wonder, I don't know, it's is, is it possible to, I don't know, to count up the ways Maybe count up isn't the right idea. Is it possible to quantify in some way the benefit of staying in the now versus getting caught up in the past or all hung up on what's going to come in the future? Is, is there a way to, to qualify it so that we can see that the now is really where we want to be anyway, even though we really, really don't have a choice in the matter, um, and that we actually do better there? Is there, way, is there a way to measure that? I don't know if there is or not, but well, I guess it's, part of, it's, it's part of the message. Well, yes, that's true. The ha- you can't really be happy in the future. You can't really be happy in the past. I mean, you can try to right. rewrite your past. But that, that's certainly an exercise that many people teach, the idea of if you have something traumatic in your past, rewrite the story so that it's a happier story. But that's more for desensitizing it. It doesn't actually make you joyously happy now. It just makes the bad, the pad, the bad past not so bad and maybe even good, you know? Yeah, well, unless you can really identify as you're writing the story with the good feelings. I mean, everything comes down to identifying in the moment with good feelings, you know, um, the making that quantified choice, you know, that quality choice to say, I'm choosing, I'm going to choose to feel good. I'm going to choose to feel appreciation. I'm going to choose to be happy today. And that brings us into the present moment. I know that I was um, recently hanging out with this woman, and and I realized that sometimes I would get concerned about, you know, what's going to happen with our relationship because it didn't quite feel right to me. And I would say, I want to just be in the present moment with her. And when I was able to do that, just be really present to what, what was happening and not any concern about what the future might bring, then I was able to truly... Um, be present to 
to just enjoyment. You know, I would just look for what feels good, what feels good, what feels good. And um, in a lot of ways, that's what we're doing. But Abraham was talking also about, you know, you're also looking, you're looking to the future because in a sense, because you're constantly allowing yourself to unfold your potential, you know, allowing yourself to unfold what you're becoming and you're imagining into the good feelings of that. And then you're also being an appreciation of the beauty of what's happening in this moment. Even if, even if we recognize we're not, you know, as uh, fulfilled as we could be, we're not as happy as we could be. Maybe we're still carrying around a lot of clutter with us in our minds or in our belief systems and in our possessions. But that doesn't mean that, that we can't in the moment find happiness. You know, we can always, there's a way to find that thread, the happiness that's running through everything. Oh yeah. In so fact, that uh, seems to be the key to it, you know. Oh sure. And and in fact, the, the the only way you can really truly feel happy on an ongoing basis is by focusing on good stuff, stuff that you like that's happening now. I mean, you can try to find stuff in the past and focus on that. But it's hard to hold the focus real long because, I mean, it's not like the stories go on forever. They just, you know, you, you have the happy story from the past and you tell the story and you might even spend five or ten minutes telling it. But it's not like you can, you know, just keep living it for the next 25 hours. It just it just doesn't work that way. You, you, you run out of storyline, you know. <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm. when you're living it, the, the storyline of, of actually living in the present is a continuous storyline. It just it, it's, it has an endless number of pages to it. And as a result, you can stay longer. You can stay happier. Um, it's what makes it possible, actually, to conceive of the idea that you really could be happy all the time. I mean, it, it, it's something that can seem pretty outlandish when you're feeling depressed most of the time. But as you get higher yeah. and higher up the, the emotion scale, up to the positive reaches, you start to realize, yeah, I could really do that. It, that's actually possible to get there. I'm not, I may not know how to do it just yet. But because I'm closer, yeah, I, I could see that. And indeed, it is possible. You actually can get there. You can get to the point where every single day you just feel good. You feel good. You feel good because you're staying right there in what's going on during that day. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that we don't have bad stuff that happens in the day. Bad stuff does happen. You know, there's, if we lived in a world where nothing happened that we didn't like, well, it would be kind of a boring world, wouldn't it? But the right. real question isn't whether the bad stuff happens. The real question is how do we deal with it? And that is that's, really, right. that's the art of living in the now, don't you think? I think that's the whole art of life is, is yeah, it's developing a happy habit, um, as Abraham calls it. But at the same time, right. you know, that happy habit is that to be able to revel in in the contrast, you know, if they call it step, what, four, uh, is that step four or step five? It's when you're able to, yeah, I think it's called step five. It's when you're, when you're able to create, um, e- but you're able to play with the contrast is what it comes down to for me. It's like, can you, can you enjoy the fact that you had a desire, you, you attained something, you manifested something. And as soon as you manifested something, then a new desire was born. You launched a new rocket of desire. And then that brought more, um, you know, like contrast into your life because you're, you don't know at first how you're going to attain that thing. It's like when you're reaching a certain number with listeners, you know, you could reach, a certain number that you shot for, but then you get there and then you say, yeah, but I want, I would rather attain this number now, uh, you know, or some other goal, you know, we're, we're constantly altering the goals that we have based on attaining the thing, something that we wanted, but do we enjoy the process? Do, you know, are we 
because we're not trying to get to some nirvana where we're just constantly um, in bliss. We're really we're really on the leading edge of creating through contrast. But are we enjoying the process of creating? That's what it comes down to to me. You know, are we enjoying the process? Just like a sculptor would in the studio, if he's got a lump of clay, he could he could feel pretty uninspired, or he could see in the clay a possibility of making something truly beautiful. Yeah, and at some point during the process of making that clay into something truly beautiful, he has to be willing to stop doing it and move on to the next project. That that's the other thing. It, 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 right. I kind of equate it to you know somebody who's constantly putting out the same request over and over again, and then getting disappointed, and then putting out the same request and getting disappointed. They're like the sculptor who keeps you know pulling away pieces of clay, pulling away pieces of clay until there's nothing left on on the table, and there's nothing to work with because he's just pulled it all away. At some point, you have to create your masterpiece and just admire it and let other people look at it and enjoy it and stop trying to keep you know asking for it again, so to speak. <laughs> Uh-huh. That means crazy. And and Abraham talks about if you're if you're a sculptor and you make one piece of art and then you you show it to everybody and ten years later you know you're still calling yourself a sculptor and they say well let me see what you've done and you pull out that same piece of sculpture you made yes, ten years ago right right and you say well, well I did this you know and they said they said well that's great and uh, anything else and he says no <laughs> this is it this is this is what I did you know and and they said that's just not the way life is you know life is you're constantly creating something new and that's the thrill that's the thrill is the constant evolution the constant new creations that we're doing and that's what enlightenment is enlightenment is when we're we're just constantly living in the moment like if you can imagine you know if you think of a Jesus or a Buddha as an enlightened being from the stories we've heard about them well the the feeling I had about them was they were constantly creating they were living in the moment. You know, Jesus wasn't a Christian and Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. They were just these human beings who were on the leading edge of their own manifestation of their vortex self. They were manifesting this infinite aspect of themselves, and that was so refreshing to other people that they were getting these great reflections back, you know, and people were writing about them and talking about them because they were living in the moment, it seemed, and they were manifesting this beautiful being that they were. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what our potential is. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, well, potential is really what it was all about for one person who was a, very much of an advanced being whose who's, uh, birthday gets celebrated today. It's Martin Luther King Day. And King, mm-hmm. was, King was all about uh, you know, the importance of, of living in the moment. In fact, most of what he did as a leader of the civil rights movement was about living in the moment. He was trying to encourage people, stop living in the past. That doesn't do you any good. Stop trying to, um, you know, imagine a future and get all, all worked up about, you know, how bad the future is going to be because of how badly we're going to get treated. You know, just stop all that. And, and, mm. you know, he, he was up against a really tough thing. He was up against a massive, societal wide anger that was going on particularly within the african-american community and yet he found a way just by staying present and certainly addressing concerns i mean don't get me wrong he definitely addressed the concerns of the community but he did in a way that said essentially you know let's put all that 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 awful baggage aside and let's let's approach this with a more positive viewpoint. That's what was amazing about the man. And despite all of the trappings of what he was dealing with, he still found ways to remain positive. That, that was just really mm. remarkable about him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being able to speak his truth out loud, knowing that, I'm sure, all along, knowing that he was going to be a target, a massive target for hatred, but he did it anyway, and he just said, this is who I am, you know, and I don't care. In a, in a sense, I'm sure he cared very much if he lived or died, but sure. he put himself in the, you know, crosshairs, literally, of of hatred, and uh, and he just spoke his truth. And that's what I sort of felt when I was speaking at this Toastmasters thing the other day, that I'm going to stand up there and trust that, and I even sort of said it to the crowd, I said, you know, part of me up here wants to crawl under a table, <laughs> and the other part of me wants to dance and sing my my unique song, you know, like, like what I, who am I to come up here and speak my truth randomly to you people, but who am I not to do that? You know, why, why shouldn't I totally manifest my unique voice? And I think that's why these people came up to me. They were all like younger people. They came up because they were so impressed. I think with somebody who would get up there and just speak their truth and, and, and let the chips fall where they may, you know, if, if I don't, say it in a way that's really that appealing, at least I got up and said it. But then it turned out that it did come out, come out poetically. It did come out in a beautiful way. And, and um, it seems like that's what we're trying to, that's what we're doing on this podcast. You know, we're, we're looking for, or what the, the book that you're having people write, it's, it's in order to each person say something that is coming from a really beautiful place that when it's shared with other people, People notice. They want to read it. They want to hear about it. Absolutely. That's why we call it the Daily Dose of Happy. I mean, it's what we call the podcast, and we're going to call the book the same name, Your Daily Dose of Happy. And the purpose mm-hmm. is literally that, to help bring us right into the now and feel happy right in the now. And and uh, we figured that if we have a whole you know pile of stories that people can read, then there's a lot of times they can stay right in the now feeling good. And you know, it's, I think it's going to be a very powerful thing. I, I know that our listeners, the people who are uh, regular listeners, and, and they are, they're loyal. I mean, the numbers show it's very clear that, you know, the number of podcasts on average being downloaded per unique listener has just skyrocketed over the last month or two. Mm-hmm. So clearly people are, are enjoying it. And by the way, if, if you're listening right now, take a moment to share it with somebody else because we're trying to get more and more people aware of the podcast. Because like I said, people are listening. They're listening over and over and over to all the different podcasts, but there are an awful lot of people who don't know. So if you know someone who is either into the law of attraction or positive thinking or in some way you believe would be you know, receptive to the kind of message we're talking about here, get them their daily dose of happy. Do them a, a good friendly thing and, and share the information on your social media, email, text message, whatever. But you know, share it because that's how the word gets out. Just wanted to put in that little commercial message there. We have to do our commercial, right, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great to get more and more people talking about this kind of stuff and listening. I I feel like it's a uh, it's such a unique message in our day and age uh, because it's, it's sort of like saying that instead of pushing against things to get what we want, I mean, I guess the political thing has always looms so big in people's conscience because – I just noticed so many of my friends, they, they, you can just tell by when they talk that they listen to a lot of news. Oh, yeah. And if you listen to a lot of news, whether it comes through Saturday Night Live or it comes through Facebook or it comes through the evening news, you're, you're still, you know, plugging into a certain perspective on what you think life is about. And I'm, I'm amazed at how many people say that everything's going to hell in a handbasket because they're listening to the news, you know, and so they, 
They really think that they can authoritatively say to other people on a regular basis how bad everything is. And it, it just, you know, I, I just find it to be like we're in this big, I call it the great turning. You know, there's an author who called it the great turning that we're in. And everybody's, you know, me, in my perspective, everybody's head is slowly turning towards the fact that if we were choosing to be happy in each personal individual life and focusing on what's going on in our own backyard, in our own communities, in our own families, we would actually be witnessing so much good and so much beauty that it could, and, and if we turned off the news a little bit or we didn't watch it quite so much, we could begin to have a perspective that life is working and that's exactly what makes life flourish. You know, it's, it's the same as in living in any moment in each of our individual lives. If we're focused on what's in our vortex, then we're focusing on what's becoming, what's manifesting, what, what we want to have happen. And it's such a different thing to get to the point where we focus on what we want to have happen rather than what we're watching on the news and are worried about and feeling is so bad. You know, Absolutely. well, what do you want to have happen? You know, can you focus on what you would like, the future you would like to see unfold? Because then you become this powerful component of that future manifested. Yeah, in a big way, too. For, yeah. The, the thing about the news, too, that, that gets my attention is people who argue that you really need to watch the news will almost uniform, uniformly give the same reason why. They'll say it's because you need to remain informed. Right. And that always strikes me as being an incomplete sentence. You need to be informed <laughs> because what? <laughs> What's the because? Why is it so important to remain informed? Because it doesn't yeah. seem to be about remaining informed in order to find what's good about what's going on. It seems to be to remain informed in order to get as depressed as possible about what's going on. <laughs> well, no, it's the vigilant. It's it's almost to me like the Amendment 2 argument. You know, like you've got to be constantly vigilant. Watch your back because somebody's going to take you out. You know, like <laughs> something's going to come along and destroy you if you don't watch your back all the time. And that's the excuse for constant vigilance. You know, and of course, then, of course, that's what we see in society. We see you know, Dow Chemical making more and more pesticides that are going to destroy our food supply. We see, you know, the vaccine companies making vaccines that are full of toxic chemicals that are going to destroy our bodies if we take the vaccine. We see the governments that are, if we don't watch what they're doing, they're going to take away our guns. They're going to take away our freedom. They're going to take away our right. And all that stuff is, you know, it's like you can't, I can't argue against the fact that I don't want pesticides in my food. I don't want you know, a government that could lock me up at a moment's notice. I, you know, it's like, of course, I don't want any of those things. But if I focus on that so much, won't I just be part of the problem? Won't yeah. I just be part of that vibration of fear? Absolutely. And then and then doesn't fear just attract more fear? Doesn't worry just attract more worry? So how do I focus on the solution to these things that I worry about, you know? And then, and then, if you and make you, that if you make that argument, then the the person you're talking to will say something like, "Well, what what you have to do is once you understand what the problem is, then everybody has to get together. We have to organize, and we have to, you know, make a united voice and and change the way people think and so forth." And my response to them is always, "Yeah, how is that working out for you? <laughs> because yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. You can't change somebody else's mind. There is not." 
a single person on the face of the planet whose mind you can change. And the fact is, until we realize that, nobody's going to get happier. It's just, you can't. There's no way you can change someone else's mind. You can present them with information, and maybe they'll decide to change their own minds. But you mm-hmm. know, if you're trying to bank on that as being the basis for improvement in society, you're really barking up the wrong tree. Just ask any psychotherapist. I'm, I'm married to a woman who was a psychotherapist for 10 years. <laughs> By the end of like uh-huh. the year five, year six, she was absolutely dragging because she was she kept giving the same information out to all these drug al- drug addicts and alcoholics and abusers and you know this that and the other thing, uh-huh. and they weren't changing. They weren't yeah. changing. They, they they were just doing the same behaviors over and over and over again. It's like, well, you keep giving the information out and nobody listens. What's the point? And of course, there is a point because there are some people who are genuinely looking. I don't mean to you know just sweep that under the rug because clearly that is important but if what your goal is is to try to make a massive change in society that approach clearly doesn't work you can't make a massive change on society just based on well if we get the information out and we all band together it's all going to change because that's not what history shows history doesn't show us that at all change happens it happens in an, at an evolutionary pace but it does happen and it I mean, there are, you can even point to exceptions where there was like the massive rally or, a, you know, a massive uh, gathering and so forth. And that became like a, a turning point and so forth. But it happens so infrequently. It's so rare. Whereas when you look at what happens when people focus on what's going on in their own lives, in their own families, in their own friends, in their own circles, and they start trying to do good stuff there, then all kinds of good stuff happens far faster than any pace that can possibly be achieved you know, when you're trying to do it on a massive scale like that. Because you really can't change anybody else's mind. You can simply do what you need to do in your area and make it better just by doing it the way you want to do it. Do it that way, approach mm-hmm. it that way. Now you have a chance. You, you can change something locally. You can change something to your own, you know, particular social circle. And, and the change that gets made happens because you decide to change yourself. You decide to change the way yeah. you think. You cha- decide to change the way that you act. You decide to change, you know, what you eat, what what you drink. You you decide to make changes in your own life, and that's what makes the change. Mm. You know, so focusing yeah, on like, the news is like, what are you doing, folks? You're focusing on the wrong thing. Mm, yeah. Well, if there's a pushing against, and you what you were saying made me think of my own life. You know, how much do I um, push against? things that I'm resisting because I don't like them. You know, like if right. I if I don't say, for example, like the amount of clutter in my life, then I can have that be this little, you know, remember the story of the princess and the pea, you know, where you they put this pea under, you know, eight mattresses and this particular princess, because she was so sensitive, she kept feeling that pea, you know, that was under, right. <laughs> no matter how many mattresses they'd put on, it still bothered her. Yeah. And it's sort of like in my life to do, you know, do I still let, how many things do I let stop me from being happy? You know, like, like just as excuses, because, well, I don't yet have, have it this way in, in the relationship area. And I don't yet have it that way in the money area. And I don't yet have it this way in this car I want. And I don't yet have it this way in the friendship that I want and this partnership that I want, you know, and it's sort of like all those little aggravations if we keep focusing on the aggravation, the aggravation, the aggravation, I wish I could get this done. I wish I had this completed where I had more of this and more of that. Then we're always putting out into the future our happiness. So we're consistently unhappy, really. Mm-hmm. And and happiness 
really comes from being able to be in the moment and saying, where is my solutions here? Where, where today, like, for example, we're both facing, we're both like have this day ahead of us, not facing it, but we have this opportunity <laughs> of this day ahead of yeah, us. Yeah, it's not a confrontation. And like, <laughs> yeah, and it isn't, it isn't a confrontation. Sometimes people think of it that way, like this is Monday, right? This is the day of confrontation. This is the day where you, where you have to suck it up and accept the fact that you're going to have five more days of doing what you don't love to do. You know, I mean, I mean, that would be the only reason that I think a person wouldn't like a Monday. I, one of the main reasons because they don't really like their work. They mm-hmm. don't really like what their choices are in life, and they're and they're putting up with it because they have to. It's a toleration thing. And uh, how can we get to the point, you know, slowly and gradually or quickly, where we love every day, and it doesn't even matter what day of the week it is, because we're just we're actually just always dealing every moment with, am I choosing? to be in touch with what I've put into my vortex and letting it come to me, letting beauty unfold, letting wonderful things unfold, letting myself find solutions. You know, am I taking action towards my solutions? Am I imagining my solutions, feeling into feeling good? Or am I thinking that I'm up against obstacles and I'm more focused on the obstacle aspect of it? Um, even looking at the government, you know, if if we're always seeing how screwed up it is, I wonder, you know, what it would be like if we were saying, what, where are the solutions in this? You know, is it is it fighting this government or is it finding ways, like you said, you know, to act locally, to make my own community the way I want it to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, uh, I like the the allusion that you made to the story of the princess and the pea, um, largely because that that story always flummoxed me a little bit. Because I'm imagining this pea underneath this this pile of pretty heavy mattresses, and I'm asking myself, how did that pea end up not getting mashed? I mean, think about how much <laughs> well, weight is on that pea. pea. It's a dry pea. It's a dry pea. Well, crushed then. Huh? <laughs> if not mashed, crushed. Yeah, well, because mattresses are soft enough, I guess. I don't know. I don't know about I you. The last, time I, the last time I carried a mattress, a single mattress, I thought, this is fairly heavy. I'm imagining like 20 on top of it. Like, <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. There's something wrong with this story here. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I think it's, it's yeah. <laughs> but it's also what's wrong with the, the concept of one little irritant getting in the way. I mean, the only way that irritant yeah. really gets in the way is if it's psychological. You, there's no way she felt that pee. That's impossible. That's right. But That's what right. she did feel, she felt was the psychological thing. Oh, that pee's there, and I'm just going to be so annoyed by it. Well, she had that choice, or she also had the choice of saying, you know, these are really soft mattresses. I mean, that's a sort yep. of sleeper. I mean, okay. it's like, how, a sort of sleeper? Come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just yeah, it's really it's perspective. Like how, close, how close are the manifestations that we want? You know, in, in every moment, it's, it's like, you know, let, if we want things that are out in the future and we think we won't be happy till we have them, you know, we'll we'll never get to them without beginning to see that life is blessing us right now. You know, that's like Abraham said, the quickest way to get the money that you want is to appreciate the money that you already have, even though however small amount it is, you know, to, to be able to appreciate other forms of wealth in your life, like the abundance of the air you have to breathe and the water you have to drink and the food you have to eat and the warm, the warm house maybe that you're in tonight, you know, um, just there's so many things that are manifesting abundance 
And if we fill our consciousness with those things, there's no way that money won't also flow into our lives because money flows from happiness. Money flows from a sense of abundance. Money flows from a sense of self-worth, you know, of ease, of fun, you know. And if we start giving ourselves in the moment, that's why living in the moment is so much about finding our happiness in the moment, finding our appreciation in the moment, just telling a little better feeling story in the moment. Everything that we do each moment that opens up the possibility that we can relax and let in what's in our vortex because it's always really close to us. Letting it in is a lot closer than we think, but the reason things don't come is because we keep putting out a mixed vibration, part of our vibration saying, it's difficult, it's difficult, it's difficult, it's hard to get what I want. And the other part is saying, I appreciate what I have and I, I'm happy, but you know, it's a mixed vibration, so these things don't flow to us as readily as they could. Well, it's like your example of the uh, the person who's going to the 9-to-5 job and is not happy five days a week and then figures, oh, it's Monday, so he's dragging in and so forth. And all it really takes is deciding to think about stuff differently. I mean, not that you have to love something that you don't love. That's not what we're saying. But it's not like your entire day is terrible. So you start by looking for the parts of the day that are good. There's always something good going on during the day. So you start focusing on that. And then as you're getting into the the pattern of focusing on that, then as the day goes along, you get, you know, people take breaks. They, they uh, distract themselves periodically. And in the process of distracting themselves, what do they dis- distract themselves with? Most people distract themselves with <laughs> the news, you know, or something like that. If they distracted mm-hmm. themselves with, uh, you know, something that that felt good, something that that made them you know, reach a higher, uh, more positive emotional state, and did that on a regular basis, and then allowed themselves even beyond that, uh, maybe outside the workday, to start dreaming about what it is they would really like to do instead for a living, and that way they can start, you know, drawing in a new kind of vibration, a new kind of feeling, and and miracle of miracles, all of a sudden the job change happens. Well, mm-hmm. the only way that happens, the w- only way you get that, that storyline going that way is if today, right now, in the now, you decide to stop focusing on the fact that this job is miserable and to start focusing on what's good and what you would like, on what, what would feel good, on, on what it would be like to have that job, all the great things you would do in it, and then things start to change. But as long as you focus on how miserable that job is, I guarantee you, you're going to be stuck there just because you're focusing on it, right? Mm-hmm. And living, living in the present moment, like if it's if it's Monday or Tuesday, and you want to be enjoying your week, even though you have a job that it's not your ideal job, like like throughout that day, you, it's it's our relationship to our source self, to our to our vortex self, to our infinite self, that is where we want our focus to somehow get. And I was at this concert on uh, Saturday night, and I, and I. Ended up going alone because I had recently quit seeing this woman that I had seen, and then I got this opportunity to get this ticket to this really great concert. And I went by myself, and I was thinking about relationship because, you know, well, there I was. I was there without someone, you know, as my partner, and not even didn't even go with a friend. So I was was sort of just looking at, at these hundreds and hundreds of people, and I and I had turned on my phone. For a second, I was looking at something, and um, 
waiting for the concert to start. And there was this quote of Abraham that came in from these daily quotes you can get of Abraham. And they were right. saying that in every, in every moment, the thing that matters the most, and the only thing that matters is are you relating, how you're relating to source, how you're relating to your vortex self, which is your source self. And, and it reminded me of the meditation teacher I had for 40 years who always taught us this technique of, he said, constantly meditate and remember this connection that you have to your infinite self. And how do you do that? How do you constantly be in this memory and this experience of this infinite infinite part of you? And that, you know, and I remembered, well, he taught us to be with our breath all the time, you know, just, just as much as you can, just when you're worried or you're thinking too much or you're, or you're not feeling like you're not happy, come back to the fact that in your breath lives your infinite self and let yourself experience your breath. Like we were talking about that last week or the week before. There's so many little things you can do like that throughout the day. Like I, I, that's what I started to do at the concert. I started to just sit there in my seat as waiting for the concert to start and just feel my breath rising and falling because it's so peaceful there. It feels so nice. I can have so much contentment because I don't have to be in my mind worried about my happiness. I can be in a place where I'm engaging in my happiness. You know, I'm, letting it seep into me by being in my breath. And as I follow my breath going up and down and just sort of relax into that, more and more peace comes into me. And as that peace comes into me, I feel better. And then I'm open to like talking to the person next to me. I'm open to being happy that I'm at that concert, you know, and just being content, you know, just feeling good. Which is that's exactly what it comes what, down to. That's exactly what Abraham teaches. If if you want to be in alignment with your inner being, which you do, because that's where all the good stuff happens. That's where you get into the vortex. Um, it's it's helpful to understand that being in alignment is where you're you're feeling good. Being out of alignment is where you're feeling bad. So if you're feeling positive emotions, you're in alignment. If you're feeling negative emotions, you're out of alignment. So clearly, there is only one thing you need to do, and that's to start feeling good. So mm-hmm. that's why you focused on your breathing. That's why you, you knocked all the negatives out. And, and that was terrific. I mean, you went to the concert yourself, which a lot of people would be, you know, kind of unwilling to do, but you did anyway. And you turned it into a positive experience. I, I can't imagine that that has to, I, I can't imagine how that would not produce a positive manifestation of some kind because you stayed in it so long. And it's going to, it's, it's, it's clearly going to. Yeah. Yeah, and I do it all the time. I, I feel like, you know, if I go into a restaurant and I'm eating by myself and, you know, I take a book and I make it totally fun. You know, I make it interesting and I always am open to meeting somebody and talking to them and just being in that place of choosing happiness is, it's a funny thing. It's a, it's a subtle thing. You know, it, it's, it's basically just saying to myself, well, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to be in this place where I feel afraid or I feel angry or I feel sad. It just doesn't serve me, even though I do it. You know, I think we all get stuck, you oh, know, in sure. feeling those things, you know. If we weren't human, then we perhaps might be able to avoid it, but we are human. And as human beings, sure, we, we do find ourselves going that way. The, the only, there, there's nothing wrong with, with feeling negative emotion. The only thing that's wrong per se, and I, I put the word wrong in quotes because it isn't wrong, it's just counter to what we're trying to accomplish, is if you stay there. If you stay there, then you have to recognize that, you know, staying in that negative space and the depression or the fear or the anger or whatever it might be, 
If you stay there, then you can't expect anything other than more depression, fear, anger, you know, all the negatives coming to you continuously. That's what's going to happen. Now, if you're okay with that, well, okay, have fun, you know, have a great time. But <laughs> personally, I don't think that uh, that really applies to many people. I think most people are not particularly sadistic or masochistic, and they don't really want to make themselves miserable. So, well, the good news is we have a choice. We have a choice at every moment, and the moments, one moment follows the next. It's always now, and then followed by another now, and followed by another now, and then another now, and then another one, and then another one. And every single now, we keep having the same choice. Do we want to focus on what makes us feel good, or do we want to focus on what makes us feel bad, or do we just want to kind of shut off and not feel anything at all, which is really kind of slightly negative in the first place? Whichever one we choose, we're going to manifest stuff that is, that is equivalent to it. So why not choose to feel good instead? I mean, you, that's where the good stuff's going to happen. That's where we get the, the abundance that we're looking for, right? That's where we get the abundance of relationships, of incomes, of health, of everything that we're looking for. That's where it happens. So, well, let's stay there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why segment intending can be cool. Like, you know, going to that concert, you know, I think I did a little segment in 10, you know, just said, well, what do I want to experience tonight here by myself? And I said, well, I want to experience uh, contact with these people. I, w I want to experience beautiful eye contact. I want to experience smiling. I want to experience uh, talking to somebody. I want to experience completely enjoying the concert, completely getting into the music. I mean, yeah. actually, that night I didn't even have to try. I was I was feeling so high just going there because, you know, I... I was feeling like I'm an infinite being, you know, I mean, that experience Friday of giving that speech made me feel so much like, Hey, I let my infinite self speak through me. So, you know, I'm just more and more becoming that I, that's it. That is who I am. And the fact that I'm owning that more and more and sitting in that place of saying, look, I'm an infinite being. I mean, anything's possible. It, everything's possible because there's no reason why I can't be as happy as can be because you know, and, and a lot of it is just relaxing and chilling out and realizing, like Abraham said, that all of our problems, we have to like begin to think of all of our problems as bumps in the road rather than great big deals, you know, big mountains, you know, like that saying, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. And if we think of every problem is a molehill, every problem is just a small thing. And it's only becomes a big thing if we decide to give it that kind of focus if we say no this is a really serious big big problem you know because of course you can say that i mean look at things that are going on in the government right now you could say some things are serious really big problems oh yeah there but are if you keep focusing on it and you keep saying that and you keep focusing on that part of it and you keep saying that that's that'll be your focus it yeah. won't be on the solution like so how does how do i minimize my focus on the problem aspect of this and maximize my focus on feeling good. So, you know, if I'm feeling bad, I, it's always to me like, how do I minimize this and maximize what's possible? What feels good? You know, how do I chill? I mean, mm. I love how Abraham said so many times, that's the solution is to so many things is chill out, mm. relax. You've got to quit making things so intense for yourself. Get take the drama out of it. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. the solutions don't lie in the drama. <laughs> it's funny too. You mentioned something there, in, almost in passing, and when you said it, it, it really clicked in my head. You mentioned the word smile. You talked about smiling to people, 
And it occurs to me that is probably, if you're stuck, if you're finding yourself stuck in a bad place, finding opportunities to smile at somebody. I mean, going out of your way to look for them, and then when they happen, smile at somebody. And doing that as often as you can, that's probably one of the most powerful things we can do to to change our mood around. Because when you Mm -hmm. smile at somebody, especially if you do it unintentionally, that's when it's really cool, you get amazing reactions back. Just amazing. I mean, one of my favorite stories to tell is when I take my walks and I have my iPhone and I've got headphones on and I'm listening to a positive music list that I have. I get about 15, 20 minutes into the walk and most times by that point there's a silly smile on my face that I didn't even know was there. And I get some crazy reactions. I mean, people just, you know, grinning broadly as they're walking by and I'm thinking, where were you yesterday? You know, what, what happened? Mm -hmm. And then I finally realized, oh, I must be smiling. I didn't realize it, you know. But smiling yeah, is so yeah. powerful. So powerful. It's so it's so funny that you talk about that because in the stuff I was reading about Abraham about living in the moment, it's I was interested to see that they qualify um, our experience of happiness by how many people around us are reflecting our state of consciousness. Uh-huh. You know, they. It's almost like you know we a lot of our happiness depends on you know we're a social animal, and. It, it depends on others reflecting back to us to some degree that we're happy. That, that in a way, that's how we know where we're at in our relationship to ourselves. Is when the people around us. It's like after I gave that speech, the fact that those five, four or five people came up and and just gushed so much beautiful stuff to me, made me realize. And then everyone else was looking at me with great love. You know, there was a lot of beautiful smiles, a mm. lot of beautiful appreciation. And everybody writes out on a little piece of paper what they thought about your speech, and they hand it to you. And and it was so cool to read all. The, I I tucked all the pieces of paper in my pocket, and then I went back to my car and I read them all. And, nice. And, and it was just like so much reflection of the fact of I felt good and they felt good. And so, in a way, it was I was surprised to see Abraham saying that that's the reflection hugely of your own alignment with your own vortex is how people around you are behaving. You know, it makes total when they're sense. loving it, you know, it's like 15,000 people listening to this program is a good reflection that we're talking about things that people want to hear. Absolutely. And you know. by the way, we want to remind you, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Um, the easy way to do it is just to go to LOAToday.net with your podcast software and just you know click on the button there. Um, you can also do it on your iPhone by going to the iTunes store or by going again to your software and just searching on LOA today. On an Android, it's actually a little bit more complex if you don't have the software installed already. iPhones come with it built in, but if, if your Android phone, whether it's a, you know, a Samsung or an IO or Motorola or whatever, if your phone doesn't currently have software, you need to go to uh, the Play Store and uh, one of the free ones that are available is called the Podcast Manager. So just download, download that and then search on LOA today and that's a quick way to do it. Um, Tom, if someone wants some coaching, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, just go to my website. It's called yourjoy.com, Y-O-U-A-R-E-J-O-Y.com, and there's a free coaching session I offer on that you can sign up for and check out coaching with me. If you enjoy it, then we can do some more coaching together. Sounds good. Tom, it's been a pleasure as usual. I look forward to uh, visiting with you again on Friday. Yeah, me too, Walt. Thanks a lot for today. It's been great. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow or later on today, actually, on the next episode of LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.